Look, I think I never tell you this story. Which one? Uh, the first time I went to a rave here in UK. In, I think it was 2008. What? <laughs> I, really? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I was living in Spain back then. Like, uh, I was actually studying at uni. And um, one summer, I got uh, one of these uh, scholarships that they used to give uh, to go to study English to an English-speaking country. So I came to Brighton. The funny thing is, like, I supposed to come here to learn English, and they put me to live in a house with six or seven Spanish girls. So, I mean, I didn't learn a single word in English, but I have a really nice summer. So, <laughs> and you had the rave. I I can't wait to hear the story. Well, you know, it's, my it's, God, nine years together, we I still don't know the story. I was always thinking that, like, the rave started with me. Well, I mean, look, it, it really started with you because this was a really random night and it's not like I went to the rave, like I, I appear in a rave, <laughs> you know, randomly, you go with the flow and then you suddenly are there. So the funny thing is like, it was the day of the gay pride in Brighton, the gay pride is uh, crazy. It is know? one of the it's, re it's really good. I, I like, one, yeah. yeah, it was a really nice day. So. <clears throat> We left home, we went to the parade, and uh, I remember uh, we ended up in a big uh, park where uh, there were like the stages, concerts, uh, a market, and uh, all these uh, typical things. And um, I also remember very good that we were drinking Dr. Pepper with Captain Morgan without ice in this little uh, birthday Caps. Nice. <laughs> Awful. I think since then I <coughs> never drink Capitan Morgan again because it was really awful and really sweet. But so we were there, spent the day, it was great. Uh, then we were coming back to the city, uh, went to the gay area because parties uh, were going there in the street and everything. And uh, then in the middle of the night, uh, someone tell us, oh, yeah, let's go, there's another party. Uh, so we can end up the night there and blah, blah. So say, okay, you know, we are already in the mood. Let's see what's going on. Uh, so we reached to the Brighton Pier and um, we start to walk like, not on the way to the city, uh, on the way to, like, if you go to Seven Sister, okay. like pick the bus to go to Seven Sister. And we start this to walk. This is an amazing area though. Yeah. yeah, it's beautiful. So we start to walk, walk, walk next to the sea and uh, Suddenly, we start to listen some like bass, like boom, 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 and I was like, "Where are we going?" And uh, we start to see people like sitting down, like in the look like a dog, something like that, and uh, really relaxing. And some other people were like dancing. And uh, suddenly, we arrive like to the entrance <laughs> funny that you say entrance because you can't really jump <laughs> any place there no uh did then, you pay <laughs> no 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 it was you don't need to pay or anything oh, it, was it was like a proper proper rain. yeah, yeah yes. it's people uh, hanging out there and uh i saw um like at, at the end uh, a guy with a tiny deck it wasn't like a massive stage or anything it's like i cannot really remember which type of music it was. By, back in 2008, I, I wasn't at all into electronic music, you know that. Uh, I was a rock and roll girl and <laughs> I was on that. Um, but uh, I remember like the guys, 
at the entrance or the space that we decide to go in they were like guys nice to see you just come along there's people playing there and then you know just go and enjoy it wasn't like a place to buy drinks or anything it was just people there hanging out listening to music you were just in front of the sea so you could wow. hear it uh, it was just tiny lights some from the high road another like people with their phones or little lanterns and I remember really good the vibes of the night, you know, and then I started to walk around there and people like some people was really chilling and talking and other people was dancing like crazy. And uh, and suddenly I was there in the middle of that crazy thing for me at that time. And uh, my friends were like, oh, guys, we don't like the music. Uh, let's go. Blah, blah. And I was like, no, like. Guys, we just arrived here. I want to talk with these people. I want to see, you know, what is this? Like, if, um, I wanted to leave the, the experience by that time and, and feel the energy that the people was feeling and, uh, you know, just get on in the mood completely. And it was one of those nights that you didn't expect anything like uh, you already have a really nice party on the day and you say like okay we go home or someone say no guys let's finish the, the night over there and then you just get along and discover this Absolutely. random mm. thing in the middle of nowhere with no preparation at all like just people probably one guy say hey guys i have a deck let's go there let's do this obviously it was like a small sound system there too you know but it wasn't um, nothing really prepared and uh, i remember that moment like this is something that i would like to live or experiment or get interested about it no and wow. uh, the sad yes. thing it's like probably 40 minutes after I was in a taxi back home because everyone wanted to go, you know. And I was like, boy, I need more of this. Wow. And look at us now. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the best thing happens when you don't expect at all. Mm, definitely. And, and yeah, and the thing is, <clears throat> a lot of people, they think negative about raves. But I feel like this is an art. Music is an art. When something's related with music, hmm. so it becomes an art. And arts is to provoke us emotionally. And rave yeah, stars. Did the, you feel that? Exactly, that? yeah. It was the connection with the, with the moment, with the people, with the scenario. And yeah, it was beautiful. <laughs> anyway. Wow, that's an amazing story. I've been, I felt excited even to hear this. Thank you for sharing this. Well, pleasure. Let's do this, no? Sound check and stories. Sound check and stories, a podcast by April to July. Welcome to the first episode of Sound Check and Stories, a podcast by April to July. 
My name is Anna, and I'm here with my partner in crime, Ringo. How are you today? I'm very well. Another productive day in this lockdown life in UK. <laughs> I am really excited and looking forward to do this with you. Meet some amazing people, talk about music, events, and I can't wait to discover what this journey have ahead for us. What about you? How is it going? Yeah, me too. I mean, you know, this project is something that we wanted to start for a while. Oof, yeah, it's been it's been months we've been planning, talking about. Yeah, yeah I think the first time we actually talked about it, it was uh, back in summer when we used to do these long walks yeah. uh, to Hackney or Dalston or whatever and have a lot of conversations. Back in May, June, yes. Yeah, around that. And have a, a lot of conversation about what we are going to do with A2J, what we can offer you. Um, all these things so it's great that we finally push ourselves and decide to try new things so um no thanks to you yeah because you are the one who pushed it and pushed me and we're doing this together now no but it's great it's great i think to <laughs> agree to do this with me uh but yeah it's um like a new approach for us and uh, a new platform for a to j to help conversations about the music industry but well first thing first i think we should tell our audience who we are when and when our journey starts and uh, what is this sound check and stories about, right? Yeah, you're right. We have to tell them, right? What is it? Okay, so we start from A to J. Yeah. So A to J, if we break it, it will be April to July. So I was born in April and you were born in July. That's April to July for you guys. <laughs> That's it. Yes, leave it there. <laughs> oh, come on, it's much more charm behind it. Okay, let me try then. A to J is a project that we started in this flood in 2017. Mm -hmm. We promote uh, melodic techno music combined with down-tempo electronica in clubs. Yeah, uh, let's stay tuned about this uh, down-tempo because some news are coming soon. Yeah, <laughs> everything was going amazing, but since the COVID-19 has changed for all of us and we need to find ways to stay connected. So last year, in the first lockdown, we started our live streaming series, mm -hmm. Stay Home Sessions, and uh, also kept our monthly radio show at Blue, where we collaborated with local and international artists. Uh, and it's been a great way to expose our music as well. Yeah, definitely. Then after the lo first lockdown was over, we had an opportunity to run a couple of socially distanced events at Orange Air. It was a bit sad because we had to distance socially, we had to sit in bubbles. It we, was weird. It was, yes. It, it was weird for the, everyone. The I social imagine. engagement wasn't there, but everyone came and showed their support. It was tremendous. I think that's what you say, like, obviously these kind of events were winning over a cup of tea, you know, and uh, obviously when when we do an event, we just want to go there, enjoy the music, dance all together. But, you know, this is a new normal. This is what we have now. And I think it was great. Like, we can come together, uh, support each other, have a great evenings with amazing music, um, and also support the venue, you know. Absolutely. Thanks to the beautiful community. I mean, for them now, we want to stay present digitally. I mean, at this point, we can do that only, <laughs> I guess. Yeah and create contents to connect with them. I think this podcast is another chapter in our journey. Definitely, yeah. So Soundcheck and Stories will be a place for discovering for us and also hopefully for the listeners. We want to talk with the artists, 
record labels, promoters, and have conversation about the electronic music industry in general with the people we admire and share projects or ideas with. Yeah, man. I mean, I couldn't explain it better. <laughs> I think this is what we aim, no? Uh, have fun space to have conversations and have fun. So let's give a little bit of context to this. Uh, we are in London, beginning of 2021. Uh, this is the Third or four. Um, yeah, we lost, I lost count. Already, no? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, we are in national lockdown in England. Uh, definitely hoping for a better year after the wave of life changes that 2020 left us. And for our first episode, we are going to talk with one of the A to G residents about all of this about an artist's life in the actual world, the challenges that he's facing, but also the opportunities that, that a crisis can bring. So let's do this. Ringo, please, make the honors. Alright, so for our first episode of Soundcheck and Stories, we have our resident DJ and a producer with releases in Stereo York, Somatic and KDB Records, our Jedi behind the decks. We welcome Nairo. <laughs> How's it going? Yeah, good man. How are you doing? Pretty good. Just uh, working on a new remix at the moment um, for my friend Sarcasmo. Uh, it's for his label on humans. And yeah, it's by a really talented guy called Yokan. And, and yeah, it's just been a long, long, tough at times day. But yeah, I think we're getting somewhere in the end. <laughs> yeah, well, some, some way to keep yourself busy as well. And get inspired. All right, so Nairo, tell us who you are. Tell us your story. My story. Um, well, I'm <laughs> half Moroccan, half Italian. Um, what an exotic mix, by yeah. the way. <laughs> Born in London. Um, I lived in Morocco for a little bit, maybe like eight years when I was around 10 years old to around high school. Then I came back to London. Yeah, this is kind of where I got into music and electronic music and and yeah, that's a little bit about who I am. And yeah. What do you what do you used to listen when you were a kid? Which music you used to listen? So uh, one of my earliest music memories actually was uh, from my big sister. She used to she she's also a musician, um, and she was into rock music, kind of like grunge, early '90s um, stuff like you know Nirvana, and obviously mm-hmm. way more underground stuff as well. But yeah, she showed me the Beatles when I was like six years old or something. And I remember nice. she showed them to me for the first time and I absolutely loved them. Like, um, yeah, so that was one of my earliest memories with music. And then around the age when I moved to Morocco, so like nine, ten, I started listening to obviously a bit of hip hop. Uh, I started off with like Eminem and all these kind of uh yeah, everyone is familiar with. I'm sure you guys had the same experience in your. I mean, I mean, you have a hip hop. Uh, yeah, I mean, not much. Time. Like, I mean, it's few things is matched to him. Like, my earliest music as well. Like, one of them was Beatles by name. It came from there, right? Mm. So, <laughs> yeah, my my dad. He he wasn't like a professional drummer, but he knew how to drum, 
and he named me um, on Ringo. Well, he wasn't a popular face, but I don't know why he did it. But <laughs> I am really uh, happy about it now. Like someone asked me, what's your name? Oh, I'm Ringo. That sounds cool. <laughs> I always wondered about that one. Like, what, is it a Beatles reference or is it just Ringo? <laughs> yeah. Little. And then hip hop like Eminem. Yes, I love Eminem. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Tell us, like, after all your influences in your early stages and stuff, like, how do you land on electronic music? Like, what triggered you? Well, um, after the whole Eminem early teens phase, I, I kind of got into slightly more underground hip-hop um, through an older friend that I had. Uh, it was more like early 90s kind of stuff. And I don't know where he was getting his music from, but he was just always listening to stuff that no one else was listening to, you know? So it was kind of like away from the whole generic stuff that you usually found around that time. Um, and then he started getting into electronic music as well, starting off with like kind of Psytrance uh, mm -hmm. and um, some early kind of house music like DJ Chus and Dennis Ferrer and all this kind of stuff. Um, so, yeah, that was kind of like my earliest uh, moments with electronic music when I was about 13. And I, I kind of became obsessed with Psytrance at that time, listening to it all the time. It was just music that was from another planet. I'd never heard anything like it, Damn. like crazy sounds and everything. And that just kind of got me hooked from there. Wow. Couldn't have expected that you like Psytrance as well. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> wow. So when you uh, start to listen all the Psytrance and uh, then you decided like, I want to create my own music or I want to be a DJ, like you start playing, when you play electronic music, I mean, you start playing Psytrance or you jump straight away into techno? How was that process? Um, I think in, in terms of Psytrance, like Psytrance was very complex, it's still very complex music, you know, so uh, when I was a kid, I didn't really think that I was capable of making that kind of stuff. But then after a little bit, like uh, early house music started to become kind of in fashion or in the clubs in Morocco mm. at the time. So it was a little bit more simple. Um, and I remember sneaking into a nightclub for the first time. I think I was like maybe 13 years old. No oh, way! In really funny story because like I had I, I used to have a little bit older friends and they were always like going clubbing to these. The first club was Pasha Marrakesh, you know. So <laughs> funny enough, I was like to my friends, "All right, guys, like this will be. Come on, take me with you next weekend." And they were like, "Oh, you know, I don't know. I don't know if we're gonna be able to get you in." And mm -hmm. then I was like, "Okay." And then another friend was like, "Don't worry, man. Just wear a suit. Wear a suit. Stand at the back of the line, and we got you." So <laughs> But that is exactly what I did. I wore like a little 13-year-old in a suit. 13-year-old good fella. Hiding behind like someone's handbag. Um, <laughs> and then, yeah, we just kind of got in. And, and as soon as we stepped into those doors, um, the warm-up DJ was playing. And he was just playing this really kind of groovy, um, yeah, really groovy stuff. Kind of like um, Dennis Ferrer and... and yeah david penn and all this kind of stuff and yeah i heard that and i was just like wow this sounds really cool this dj guy looks really really cool he looks like he's having fun like i really like um i kind of like this you know and, and then at that point after going to that night i asked my friends i was like hey so what was that music we were hearing and they were just like okay this is this this is this name that name and i just went home and i was on like i don't know some limewire or 
stuff like that the other, during those days and I just downloaded loads of this music and I was listening to it a lot and then at, at that point like I remember the riffs being quite simple and then hearing a song and I was like oh I think I could do something like that you know like um or maybe if it was a bit different or this or that so that was like the first kind of thought of being like maybe I can do this kind of thing uh, yeah it was yeah. just a game no you were just playing around and see what you can yeah. get from there exactly exactly but at that time I'm, uh, the real focus was collecting music you know music production just seemed like a really far away thing that was just very abstract at the time so um yeah it was just about finding all the good music you know and and it led to something else later on <laughs> so how old were you when you first created a music track um i think i was about maybe 16 or 17 years old i was that was around the time i moved back to london um and yeah i didn't it was uh yeah it was a really different kind of time because you know i went there and i was in a new place still making friends Money was a little tight at the time, so I just remember taking my laptop with me to London and that was kind of the only thing I had, you know, so I would just go to these like internet cafes and download music all day and then at one point I just found this like software that was saying that you could, you know, cut things and, and you know, record with and whatever and it was free, it was called Mixcraft. <laughs> okay. Yeah, like really, really OG uh, kind of software. And mm -hmm. I just remember that I just started taking the songs that I liked and just chopping parts from them and building new tracks out of it. So I was just like taking a sound I liked, maybe like a vocal and, and maybe like a bass sound and just kind of chopping them up and putting them together to make new songs. Um, and that was kind of like the first try obviously it wasn't like an original piece of work and I sent it to my friends and they were like whoa man this is so good but blah, blah 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 and I was like okay now I need to learn how to actually do it you know instead of like sampling at the time so then I downloaded this software called Fruity Loops FL Studio and from then I remember the first time I opened it I just made a track like within a few hours it wasn't great or anything but it was just like this kind of belief that I had that I could just do it and I did it and and yeah. that's cool no yeah, it's, course, it's exciting yeah. how uh, the fact that moving from Morocco to England again affected your music like uh, production wise like maybe knowing the a scene in London and getting into the scene in London yeah. I don't know back in uh, the 2000s or 90s when you moved here like uh, how was in in the, regarding electronic music but I'm sure like that changed a lot as well in the yeah. last 20 years Definitely. I mean, starting off in Morocco actually played a really key role in kind of shaping shaping the sound a little bit because in Morocco they really kind of like uh, there's obviously a lot of ethnic uh, music over there that's kind of the traditional stuff. Traditional but, stuff. Yeah. So naturally, like when people went out to bars and clubs and whatever, like obviously the DJs kind of picked up that people were kind of attracted to these, you know, percussive bongos and ethnic sounds. So it was very kind of like housey, but with a kind of live element to it. Mm -hmm. um, so that was kind of like where it started. And then coming to the UK, uh, I remember everyone was into like grime and dubstep and drum and bass. And, you know, that was kind of like the, the sound that was happening at the time. So it was very different to what I 
came from. Uh, yeah. It just went from like really organic to very kind of electronic and electronic. So I think it was just kind of this this double mix of things because I remember hearing a dubstep track to, for the first time and I was like, wow, I was so fascinated by the bass and all the crazy stuff. So yeah, we just kind of uh, I kind of explored that for for a long time because also I remember whenever I would play the kind of uh live organic housey stuff to my friends they would just be like no 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 like turn this stuff <laughs> off we don't like this <laughs> <laughs> so i had to kind of conform a little bit and and start kind of finding uh finding a way in that kind of style as well um yeah well but that made you define your style no and create your own sound mixing like your background and your experience over there with definitely and i, I think it kind of shows even today you know like i have a very kind of electronic and techno side but there is also this kind of organic groovy side as well and, and I try and bring them together as much as possible. We can talk about it now about um, the production itself like how you face the blank page. What is the process of the track? What triggers you to make a track or what inspires you? Do you go through some emotions when you do a track? Mm. Give us some insight. Yeah, I mean, getting to the to the blank page thing. Um, I remember, like, I think for the early for the early years of my producing, I always kind of had a set kind of steps that I would follow because when you're learning how to make music, you start to learn by drums and then you learn bass and then melodies. So I was always kind of following that thing, um, and I think a lot of people still do that nowadays. Um, but as things kind of moved on and, and developed a little bit, now the whole blank page process has changed a lot. And um, luckily, it's getting to a point where I actually quite enjoy having a blank page because you have so many possibilities and there's so many different ways you can start a, a track, you know. And, and uh, I try my best to always start a track in a way that I haven't ever done before. It's not always easy to do, um, but... When I'm kind of looking for something new and, and different to explore, then then I'll always try and, and put in something, you know, like a plug in on something you're not supposed to or, or you know, just to kind of break some rules and, and see what happens. And most of the time, yeah, most of the time it sounds pretty crap. But, but <laughs> when you do get those little magic fun moments, you can actually have a starting point that that really takes you somewhere um, that you wouldn't normally if you kind of followed the normal steps so that's kind of the the main way that I like to start a pro project uh, nowadays and going through the whole emotion thing that you mentioned um, it's kind of 50 50 like sometimes you just start something without any kind of ideas and it's just like you get something and it's like a wave that you have to catch and ride. Uh, mm -hmm. And then other times it's more like, okay, I felt a, 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 an emotion very strongly the other day, whether it was, you know, sorrow or happiness or, or anxiety even, or, you know, any kind of emotion. I, I always, whenever I feel something really strongly, I always stop myself and I'm like, this feeling was really strong. So how can you take that and, and, transform it into music because at the end of the day music is just feelings so feelings, absolutely it's all... when we come to a strong feeling and, and or provoking emotions yeah yeah exactly exactly yeah, talking about this like uh obviously we listen a lot to your music <laughs> and um uh, the other day going through your early releases the one that you have in soundcloud yeah. i listen again empathy 
the one that you released with KDB Records. And uh, that track, uh, Nairo, was like, you know, I listened to it before, but the other day it kind of shake me a lot. And uh, talking about this emotion, like I really feel that it was like screaming to me, it's speaking, but then it, it kind of seek for attention, mm. you know, and it was really emotional. And then I was thinking about uh, your music and I realized like maybe all those KDB records um, uh, releases that you did were much more faster. Uh, have more like uh, energy uh, at the beginning of all the tracks. And then when I listen later to later. Allure from Humans or other remixes, I mm. still can feel all that energy, but it kind of go into... Much more soothing. Yeah. yeah, if like you were able to take all those elements and keep the energy, but using less mm. um, ingredients to say yeah. in, the, in the song, you know, and kind of like take you yeah to the space and, and float. No. I don't know if it's something like... Um, you feel as well with your productions while the time passed, like at the beginning, yeah. you just wanted to put everything out there. Yeah. And then with the time you learn like, okay, I have all this, but yeah. I can say more like delicate way as well. Yeah. And you know, still yeah. work in the same way. For sure. Um, I think that's just something that happens in a producer's journey with, with time, you know, like I, I remember doing those early releases that you're talking about. Mm. I didn't really know much at the time, you know, so it was kind of just like just going for things and almost having a, a more of a naive approach to it and just kind of go and do things without thinking, you know, and, and at one time, like you said, they're very full of emotions and, and you know, I, I still love those songs from back then, but mm. nowadays um, you really have to think more about when you're starting a record and how you put, put things together because, you know, if you just throw in loads of sounds, um, mm. if you're listening on headphones or, you know, at home or when you're doing something or driving, it can sound cool, you know, it's very engaging to the listener, but when you take that song and you put it in an, in a club or venue context, uh, yeah. it can actually have a little bit too much happening. Uh, and all of those emotions and everything can kind of get drowned out by themselves. So, Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, it's like hitting adrenaline in the club. Yeah, yeah you need to create yeah. adrenaline. Yeah, and you need to leave space between things. And you just have to remember that a club is just going to push all the sounds up, you know. Wow. And so less is always more when it comes to producing dance floor tracks and and i would definitely say at the moment my goal is to make things mainly for the dance floor but also to have a kind of home listening appeal as well so yeah those are the yeah it's kind um, of... i'm curious about a couple of things for me mm -hmm. so the first one is <laughs> we know that you are a perfectionist <laughs> so when you do make a track or something what is the breaking point to say like this is it it's done i won't change anything else um that's always a tough one definitely <laughs> but there is i reckon of, yeah yeah there is a bit of a golden rule and and it's kind of just something where you have to be a bit aware and to understand when it's happening and that's when you're finalizing something and you're just kind of going and tweaking the tiniest little details and being like no this needs to be one centimeter before or one centimeter like as soon as I enter that stage I'm like dude just stop like you're gonna overcook this thing and it's not gonna sound good so just stop give it a bit of time like take a rest from it come back and listen in a week and and Normally, when you do, like, you're actually like, oh, damn, it's fine. Like, you know, it doesn't need anything more. 
Okay. And when it's, let's say, the music is done and you released it, how you feel then? Uh, yeah, um, it's it's always different, but luckily, like lately, I mostly release things that I'm happy with. But um, I do remember in the beginning, uh, every track I came out with, like it w- I'd think it was amazing, and then a few months later, I would just be like, "Whoa, like this is not what I <laughs> wanted it to be." Kind of thing, and I, I think it's just something normal that every producer goes through. You know, like every every three months, six months, a year, you do kind of make progress if you're if you're active so you're always gonna feel like the stuff you did before is is maybe you know not as not up there um so yeah it's it's a bit of a you know you gotta kind of it's a it's a kind of fine line balance of being perfectionist and not taking something that isn't as good as you want it to be but at the same time you should always kind of just focus on moving forward you know and and just keep making progress and and then when when it's finished then you can stop and listen and be like is this good or not you know so i think it's best to have a bit of both yeah definitely so neither today we are talking um about obviously we we are living in uh, a lockdown <laughs> right now england and the whole world is going through all this covid and uh, all of our plans uh for this year and last year were cancelled. You as a DJ have a lot of gigs that were cancelled as well. But now that we are talking about your production and everything, like how this lockdown affect your work? Like it was hard to keep the creativity alive or you find the inspiration on it? Yeah, it, it's it's very up and down with the lockdown. I remember when it first came, there was a lot of uncertainty and and you know it, it was just a very strange time when it first hit so I remember the first month I think the first month yeah I, I, I was working and I didn't really couldn't really find my my stride but as time passed and then I, things settled a little bit you know the, the the new norms kind of settled in and it was at that point where I was like able to actually start producing in a relaxed and inspired way because um mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a, there's been a lot more time to do that, but you know it's kind of like having a a good schedule and being disciplined and and just kind of you know working and and chipping away bit by bit. And luckily, I've I've managed to come up with some really really nice tracks, um, which I'm very happy with. But yeah, yeah very very like to hear them. Yeah, yeah. So, which opportunities are you finding like currently, like new platforms or collabs, or you just doing things by yourself and preserving tunes after tunes like when things get come back to normal you just boom yeah yeah it's definitely i mean um i'm definitely not releasing things much at the moment until things get moving again but yeah i mean in terms of new platforms um the live streams have been really fun um so we've been doing yeah we've been doing a lot of those and those have actually been very inspiring to come up with sets and then and then kind of get back in the studio a week later or whatever and it really kind of has a, a nice roll-on effect um, but in terms of everything else I think I, I've just found this time has been a really good time to just knuckle down and, and write some as much music as possible um, so it's a bit of a hibernation phase but definitely <laughs> trying, to, trying to make the most of it for sure yeah so you have any future plans or any project in your mind uh well i mean 
Mm, there is there is a really cool live stream that we'll be doing um, with a collaboration with the festival. Uh, I believe it's going to happen next month and it's going to be done in a really cool location. Um, it's going to be filmed really nicely and, and there's definitely something I'm, I'm looking forward to do. Um, anything else? I mean, yeah, there's I think I have a release coming out maybe next month on Somatic Records. Oh, oh nice. So, yeah. <laughs> Finally, I mean that one was definitely one of the early lockdown tracks that I finished. Um, so I'm really happy it's finally coming out. Coming uh, out, yeah. To to release it. So what festival do you play? I mean, you will be playing the live stream. So it's for Solstice Festival. They are a festival, London-based festival, which oh, nice. actually started out as a, a charity and. Yeah, they've just been doing their events year by year and it's kind of just been growing and, and you know, it looks it looks really amazing and they're kind of, you know, expanding into more cultural stuff and, and it's definitely a brand that I'm, I really like. So I was very happy when they, they approached me to do something with them. So I'm very excited about that. Yeah, I can't wait, can't wait to see you there. Okay, Naira, so we are reaching the end of our show. Uh, but we don't want to finish without asking you over random questions, okay? So those are questions that we can ask to the uh, Queen of England or Stephen Bolsing or to my mother if she can to the post, you know? <laughs> so are you ready? Yeah, ready, go. <laughs> okay, so what is your guilty pleasure song? The one you have there hiding in your playlist and you will never accept publicly that you listen to. Uh, guilty pleasure song. Uh, that's a really good question. What's Come on, you have a lot of reggaeton songs hiding there. <laughs> <laughs> Tell them. Tell us. Guilty pleasure. I mean, it would be. Uh, what's what's that night? Okay, there is. I mean, it's not a guilty pleasure because I actually really like that song. But it's called Super Mode. Tell me why. It's an old '80s track. I, I'm sure you know it. Um, but I think in the early 2000s, someone someone did a, re a rework of it. I think it was like Steve Angelo and, and Sebastian Ingrosso. They, they called themselves Super Mode. Um, and yeah, it's just a, a really nice revision of a very almost cheesy, but actually not cheesy <laughs> 80s track. <laughs> Hell. Cool. So, Luke Skywalker or Han Solo? Oh, definitely Luke Skywalker. Definitely. <laughs> no, you disappointed me a little bit. <laughs> anyway, my lightsaber beats a blaster any day. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well. Okay, so what is the first thing you will do when we can rave again? Oh, first thing we can do, I mean, definitely. Yeah, I mean, phew, just round up, round up all the all the good friends and just kind of yeah just have a nice night where we all meet up and go absolutely nuts like me too man. no holding back <laughs> say no, no more back. can't <laughs> wait for that like i want to do like 72 hours in a row <laughs> no. When, yeah, yeah no count me in count me in <laughs> okay and the last one you just need to leave another random question for our next guest so you can be as uncomfortable as you like because we will we will tell this question to the next person that came to our show um, who are you guys in? Is it going to be like another artist or another? We cannot say. It's, surprise. Yeah, surprise. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, 
maybe say what is the funniest moment you've had in your experience of that time and see what they uh what they answer with that's that's <laughs> a good one yeah <laughs> so yeah that, that is it we are like end of our show thank you so much for being on our first episode of course uh, we, we hope to see you soon in soul size festival mm-hmm. yeah well, yeah and on a to j and in blue and yeah, many sure. things that are and, coming up and to our listeners please follow nairo on on soundcloud then instagram or facebook by nairo you should you will have some amazing uh eps and sets waiting for you there yeah thank you <laughs> thanks guys Well, guys, until here, the first episode of Sound Check and Stories. We really hope that you enjoy the chapter. We absolutely love uh, speak with Nairo about his uh, journey as a DJ and a producer. Stay tuned for our next chapter. You can listen to us on Spotify, Google Podcast and Apple Podcast. If you like it, please share the love, press like, leave a comment and follow our journey. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye.